0: going on third and forever gang? it's tyler haskins and we're back with another episode of third and forever with tyler haskins appreciate y'all tuning in and joining us today once again today i'm joined by my homie miles and i say miles how are you doing today man appreciate you coming on and joining what's going on we are doing great we are ready to get after the spring quarter
1: uh happy to be on the show thank you for having me on and uh showing some love to uh my cousin and uh Dub gymnastics team who are competing in the uh regionals this weekend or this week
0: so uh Excited to be here. Of course, man. T- tell us just a little bit about yourself, man. I mean, where are you from? you know, What you majoring in? All that type of stuff. Um, yeah, so I'm here at Northwestern from, from New York,
1: suburb of New York. Proud New York sports fan. Uh, unfortunate. Unfortunate, yeah. <laughs> we got our, our Mets, Knicks, and Giants, which are tough. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm econ, so this is a little out of my field. But, hey, uh, yeah,
0: happy to be here and excited to uh, do something new. That's awesome, man. Again, appreciate you joining man. Real. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, let's kick it off with our first down, man. Let's let's talk about some March Madness and some recap of this past weekend uh, with the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. When we saw some great matchups, we saw a lot of upsets. Even when we saw the Gonzaga Bulldogs, Bulldogs, excuse me, go down, Um, we saw I don't even know. Give me some other ones. I think we saw Houston. Houston had a chance at Arizona. I'm sorry, Houston beat Arizona, and then they had a chance at um, Villanova, who is actually in the Final Four now. But we saw the huge upset with Houston over Arizona, another number one seed. We watched them and Gonzaga go down, which I believe was was the same same night, actually. So, yeah, yeah, before we even got to the Elite Eight, we saw three number one seeds go down, uh, which was crazy. The only remaining one is the Kansas Jayhawks, who punched their ticket to the Final Four on uh, Sunday in Chicago, which I had the privilege of being able to attend and work with CBS Sports as well, which was an amazing opportunity. So super thankful for that. But let's just talk about the you know the matches that we saw this past weekend like who who really looked you know the, the best like kind of kind of the grimiest on the court and who's going to have like the best opportunity moving forward with these final four teams that we have you know got gotcha. you uh i think well i think first and foremost we gotta we gotta give a shout out to america's team
1: st peter's peacock Peacock, strut up baby <laughs> shut up america's team who uh who took one this weekend but uh you know a lot of respect to them and those kids from that program uh pulled off a lot of upsets in this tournament, and they did, what a lot of people didn't think they could,
0: so props to them and the uh, effort they put out. I mean, how about the, the huge win against Purdue, man? I mean, that was, yeah. I, I didn't get to see it live, but I was following it, and I heard about it. It was, it was a dogfight, man, and it was close the entire way through. I mean, them Peacock boys, man, they, they put it on Purdue. For real. Yeah, I'm Sorry Big Ten just doesn't show up in the tournament when it comes to basketball, and I'm sorry, but
1: yeah. I mean they did. They uh, like a small school in New Jersey, not myself included in the Tracid area, didn't even know it existed or where it was. But they came in and they put down Kentucky and Purdue. Uh, both running like college basketball powerhouses mm-hmm. and teams that a lot of people think
0: we've done some damage, even made it to the final four. So uh yeah, once again props to them. So looking at this final four now, I mean we've got we got Kansas versus Villanova, you know, a great matchup of one seed to two seed obviously. But I think the matchup that everyone is really hyped for, and how can you not? I mean, it's Duke and UNC, right? One of the greatest rivalries in sports, okay? The best by far, in my opinion, in college basketball period. I mean, these are the guys that ruined Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor, right? Like, I mean, they, they spoiled the reunion, had all the alumni and all the players coming back for this. Tickets were five grand a piece, and they took the L, man. And they, they got beat down, too. You know what I'm saying? But now they got the chance at a rematch in the tournament, Coach K's last year. And surprisingly, it's UNC's and Duke's first ever meeting in the tournament. Like this, this has never happened before in history. And what better than the biggest stage of it all, the Final Four, right? So so talk about this match a little bit, man. I mean, like this Duke team is good, but like, can they get over the hump that is North Carolina?
1: I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, honestly, it's awesome. Um, I'm just thinking both teams have, they have recruits, they have talent. Both teams have the fan bases it's going to be packed, um, but even more so than that, I think both teams have the motivation because, like you were kind of alluding to, the Duke Blue Devils, they they're going to want to avenge that 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 final home loss to Carolina. They're going to be all out, like give everything they got, because uh, they don't want to go down like that not twice. And then you got the other side, Carolina's going to be one dude, going to want to put them down again. They're going to want to give them two L's and and they're going to run and. Send Coach K off with a wave and a, and a kiss goodbye. And uh, I don't know, like, it's it's one something's got to give, and
0: I don't even know which one on the other side. I honestly feel like whoever wins this matchup wins the national title. Yeah. Like, regarding, no, no matter if Kansas or Villanova wins on the other side of the bracket, I feel like Duke UNC winner wins the title. So I think, like, this one is, like, it's it's a grudge match, you know, revenge game, obviously. And Duke, like, I feel like they've looked really strong, like, you know, their uh, appearances in their games against Arkansas and, uh, I'm sorry, Texas Tech, I mean, they they just, they never really gave it up, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were strong throughout, and I think, like, they're going to keep that momentum going, because that's the thing with the tournament, like, the best team in the tournament doesn't win the national championship, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the team that kind of has maybe the best luck here and there, but also just, It's coming to game day and says, "Okay, we take care of business here in this round, in the next round and whatnot. And I've I've seen them do that. And I think they continue it by beating UNC and then winning the national title. So, yeah, yeah. shout out to Duke and UNC, man. Hope that matchup really lives up to all the hype. But we're excited for the final four coming up this weekend down in New Orleans. And it will truly be a party down there. So uh, good luck to both, both teams and all teams competing, all four of them. Can, can we give a little, a little prediction, a little score prediction for this game? I'm, I'm gonna say it's gonna, be, it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be high scoring, two. I'm gonna say 88, 84 Duke. Okay, all right.
1: I'll go I'll go for the other side. I'll go Carolina by a score of 77 to 74. Mm. Three, he'll say they hit a. Hey, I think the, uh, my prediction is they hit a three late. Late, we talking buzzer beater. Well, uh, ahead, I, I, we will, I will go as far
0: as that. I'll say I'll say they hit a three in the last five seconds of the game. Put them up by three. All right, okay. I mean that, that would be hella exciting. We haven't even seen any buzzer beaters in March Madness. Yeah. At all. That, that's crazy. Like that never happens. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. seriously, super excited for the Final Four coming up next weekend, and um, been an amazing tournament so far. So. Now let's kick it into the next down, second down, talking about a little bit of Major League Baseball, you know, because opening day is next Thursday, right? And obviously the lockout has ended, all that stuff is behind us now. We're ready for some baseball and we're super excited to get everyone back and enjoy America's national pastime. So, I mean, we, we've got like, you know, your, your teams that are up there, everyone's always hyping up the Dodgers and the Yankees, even though they never do anything with it. They get to the playoffs and lose to Boston or somebody else. For Boston, and they just can't do anything, right? Yeah. So let, let's take a look at like some specific divisions, like like who, who are you looking at to really make a run to take control of division? Because now you've got you got a different format now in the playoffs. you got a 12-team playoff format where you're gonna have six teams from each league, American and national, yeah. right? Now you even got a universal DH now, like in, in the National League. How does that play a factor into it? You know, like who, who are you looking at for each division? Well, I guess it's kind of going division by division. Um,
1: I think starting the NL, I think you got go to go the Dodgers. The Dodgers. I mean, they loaded up. They picked up Freddie Freeman. It's, it's gonna be a tough task to beat them. Uh, Central. I guess the Central's kind of a, a weird division. It's kind of a vacuum because Cubs are kind of reloading. The Pirates are rebuilding. Um, and I guess the Cardinals are pretty solid. But uh, it's it's yeah. I mean, I'm going with the Cardinals in the Central. The East is tough because I guess. My Mets, I think we're retooling. I think, I think, uh, I think we got a shot. But we'll say to probably the Braves because they come off a World Series win. Um, But I think, yeah, I think you go. I think Dodgers, Cardinals, Braves through the NL. Um, Those other those other three spots will, you know, hopefully my Mets take one of them. But yet to be seen and.
0: I don't know, maybe this year you got your socks, the AL. So you wanna take yeah, the AL? You know about my socks, yeah. I mean AL Central, That's we're not even gonna discuss that because we know the Shy Sox are gonna put them on and win that division. Okay, this is this, this easy money, all right. Um when we, when we get to the West, I, I feel like it's it's still the, the Astros. I mean, I, I don't really know what what push other teams are really gonna make. Like as far as the moves that have been made this off season, yeah. I mean, Rangers have made some moves. Uh, the Angels done a little bit, but I just I don't really see him yeah. competing with Houston. I think Houston's just such a strong team. Uh, Houston's got great pitching as well, um, which I think is going to be one of their strengths compared to the rest of the teams in that division. Um, so I got to go Houston out west. Of course, the White Sox in the central yeah. for the east. This will be interesting. Um, you know, Baltimore, I love you and all the fans <laughs> back home. But the Orioles still suck, and they still ask man. So we're not gonna talk about the Orioles. Yeah. Um, Rays man, the, the, the Rays they 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 good man. They, they got a good team. They got a good squad down there. Okay. We'll um, they will. They definitely will. Um, I would have to say because the Yankees are gonna be up there. You know what I'm saying? Like they're gonna do something. I don't think they win it though. I, I think. I don't think so. I think they're probably second. Yeah, probably second in the division. Could be third. I think. May, maybe it. even third. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you look at you look at Toronto, you look at Boston. I mean, yeah, you got some yeah. good teams. You got some good teams in that division. I think a lot of it in that division is going to come down to, as always, health, health, but pitching as well. And I'm going to have to go with Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay so, pulls it off. I think they Tampa. find a way. Tampa Bay, Chicago, and Houston for the AL. All right, what you think on that?
1: No, I like that. I like that. I don't think I just think that I know, I mean I I am the contrary my Yankee my Yankee friends at home. I don't think the Yankees have what it takes to get it done. I don't think it's funny, because they have all the money have all the money in the world and yet they're just not spending it, so it's tough. I don't know. They they do have all the money and don't seem to do anything with it to win another ring, so I mean tough. It's funny because you got you know, you got the Yankees and you would think New York's got one big market and one small market team, but doesn't appear that way. Well, you yeah.
0: guys, you guys out in Queens added Mad Max in, in the off season. We did. So we I did. mean, like, like that's an asset, right? You, you re-signed Lindor, so I mean, yeah. like you, you guys are you trying to go all in here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You are. You I are. mean, can, can you guys get back? Like, what, what do you think? I mean, I think health's gonna be health's gonna be our
1: main our main task. Uh, I mean, because we right, we got we got Lindor who's due for a bounce back here. Mad Max Scherzer. The polar bear, Pete Alonzo, is going to win another home run derby, just because why not? Because he feels like it. And uh, we do also have the best pitcher in baseball on the planet Earth as well. People forgot about him. So, you know, I don't know. We uh, It's going to be tough. We're going to be the Mets. We're going to have some bad moments. We're going to have some memes that kind of come out of our <laughs> clubhouse. But I don't know. We can stay healthy. If we, if we can stay healthy and make it to the playoffs, we got Jacob DeGrom going game one. Max Scherzer going game two. And then Jacob DeGrom going game four and Shirts are going game five. So, if we can keep our guys healthy, we got a shout
0: out. I really think that one comes down to either the Mets or the Braves, right? I mean, you got to get the Braves for to defend the champions, obviously. But like, I think the Mets could make a serious push and go and take that division away from them, too. So, and like, yeah, our, I mean,
1: I, will, I don't know. This is full bias, but Mets fans, we are, we're funny. Yeah, we might be delusional, but funny we. If you, if you give us some success, we, we come out and we we, we we bring intensity. So I don't know.
0: Don't don't let the Mets make the playoffs. The Mets make the playoffs. Watch out. We're looking forward to it, man. Opening day is next week, Thursday, April seventh. Baseball is officially back. Now let's kick it in the third down. We're going to the NFL, Alright, and, and we're going to talk about some some teams that need to add some some players, some some depth in specific mm-hmm. positions because. They, they don't have the talent anymore because of some certain moves that have been made. And the team that I'm talking about is the Packers, okay? And all y'all Packers fans out there, I don't, I've don't made some enemies already for the things i said in past episodes about Cheeseheads and Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers not being able to come up big. And yes, I'm repeating it all because I want you to hear me say it again. So that's how I feel about y'all and y'all team. Anyway. You go and you trade Devontae Adams. We talked about it in some of the past episodes. But now you've lost Marquez Valdez-Scambe as well. So so now you've got like two top receivers on your team that are gone, right? And that leaves Alan Lazard. I believe after that on the depth chart, it's Randall Cobb at this point, who's old as hell yeah. <laughs> at this point. And then I think Equinidius St. Brown is still there. And then it, oh, yeah. and I think it's Amari Rogers, who I believe is second year at of Clemson at this point. But, uh-huh. like, there's there's not a whole lot, like, compared to Marquez, Valdez Scantling, and Devontae Adams. Like, that doesn't really compare at this point, you know? So, trying to figure out, like, what, what should the pack to do? Do they go to free agency? Like, you got a guy like Julio Jones still out there. And Julio, yes, is, is a little older at this point, but, like, it's still Julio Jones, you know? you got Julio out there. you you got – this is a pretty receiver-heavy draft. you got guys like Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Derek Wilson's coming out of Ohio State mm-hmm. as well. Right. I mean, like, there's – there's guys out there, you know, to make those moves and fill those slots. Like like what what are the Packers going to do because they're also notorious for not getting the position that they need in the draft and not taking advantage of that type of stuff. Yeah. So like what what should they do in this scenario? I don't know. I think I think I think
1: like you said, drafts is the best way to go as opposed to free agency because I think I think as we've seen in the past couple of years is teams that have been successful finding weapons through like undrafted undrafted free agents and the late rounds of the draft i mean like you, you look at the the uh the the, the roster at the chiefs roll out there the past couple of years Save for a couple of big names our first round picks all their guys are their mid to late round gems they found definitely i mean tyree kill just got paid what 25 30 million dollars and no one knew who he was coming out of school so i think i think if they i don't know this is obviously under the Packers kind of their their front office, but if they they take that route, I think they can find a lot of value in some uh, some mid late round uh, draft picks with wide receivers. Because honestly, they just got to fill the wide receiver room. I mean, they they just got to take like a like a wide
0: receiver tr- pack of trading cards and just get five <laughs> new ones. Like they just need players. So honestly, I mean, you just you lose like the top two, and it's like. Like I really don't think they're gonna draft him first round. I really don't yeah. because they'll they'll probably take another position. And as you said, like get some of the guys in the late rounds that you know got some more drive and like you know got a chip on their shoulder from being like fourth round and lower. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And take advantage of that because my thing is with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers got that that vibe like like Tom Brady to me, where like it don't matter what receiver yeah. is out there, like he can yeah. he can find a way because he's just that good of a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? And he can he can make any receiver look good it's not really the other way around but the receiver's making him look good. Like he, he's a talented yeah. offense, obviously. We know that. He's defending MVP, all of that. But I think no matter who he has out there, he's, he's got that charisma and he's got that X factor in him where he makes everyone around him better. You know, and, and that's just something that he's had all his years of his career with the Packers. So I honestly don't think it matters who because as long as you got Aaron Rodgers, then you got a shot. Yeah. You know, but they've they got to do something quick, and especially with the guys who are still out on the market free agent-wise. You know, I agree with you. I think they should go to the draft just because then you can kind of you can build and develop guys. You know, so you're not taking a guy who's already been in another system or yeah. is, is older. You know, been through some injuries, stuff like that. I like get a guy who's young and fresh and hungry, ready to go. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think Packers definitely you need to take advantage of the draft and fill those open slots. They got other slots to fill too, but receiver is definitely key for you guys. if You want to be successful. So I do. yeah, I
1: mean, it's also not gonna matter because they're gonna lose. In the playoffs. again yeah, but they will yeah. lose
0: in the playoffs. He's right. It doesn't matter because because <laughs> the Packers always earn themselves yeah. like one extra game a year, which is that one game in the playoffs where they lose to San yeah. Francisco <laughs> or another team. Right. Now speaking of San Francisco, I want to talk about this quarterback situation because as of yeah. today, like, we've heard some, some reports about Jimmy G staying in San Fran. Like, the, the Niners apparently don't have any plans to release him or get rid of him, yeah. right? Now, Jimmy G is also coming off and is now recovering from shoulder surgery. So, like, this this is a guy who's not going to be able to throw till July, right? And he's been your experienced starter. He got you. Sorry. He didn't get you to the Super Bowl, okay? He played in the Super Bowl for your team. He didn't get you to the Super Bowl. Let's, let's come collect with that one. But... <laughs> He, he, was in, he was on the Super Bowl team uh, they went to a couple years ago. And I mean, he's been raised out of the experience compared to, you know, a Trey Lance, right? Yeah. But you don't pick this guy, I believe they took him with the third overall pick. Like, you don't pick yeah. Trey Lance, you know, just to sit there, like, the plan... Just doesn't trade up for him. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the plan, according to Kyle Shanahan, is they would like Lance to be the starter, you know? So, like, what do you think of, with keeping Jimmy there? Like, does that impact Lance at all? Does it affect his confidence? You know, because like he's trying to get ready to take over this job and be the franchise guy. Uh, I don't
1: know. I don't know. I mean, I think I think it it matters how long Lance is the backup, but uh, I mean, you look across the NFL. Pat Mahomes sat for a year behind Alex Smith in Kansas City, as you know. You could make an argument like possibly like the most like dominant quarterback we've seen in a long time, if not ever. For sure. He it's kind of funny. You look at it. He legitimately just sat for a year and then became Pat Mahomes when he's touched the field. So I think Lance can learn a lot from Jimmy. And not being that seriously, and even from laughing. I think he learn a lot. Jimmy has. He's been behind Tom Brady, so I mean, by no choice he had to. He had to absorb some of Brady's mentalities or habits or whatever. But I think I think it'll do Lance some good to learn from him. Uh, but also at a certain point, you know, you gotta put him on the field. So. I think it'll be interesting what they do, I'd say week one this year, because if you're not naming Lance to start at the beginning this year, um, there's obviously like there's he's gonna be named to start at some point. If it's not week one, he has a little bit of a red flag.
0: You gotta I think it's a bit alarming because you want to see the kid play. Definitely, of course, and and, and all seriousness. I mean like you can learn a thing or two from Jimmy G. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's, he's got the experience, he's played in some big games, and I think that's gonna benefit Trey. And I think that like, he's He's a confident dude. Like, I mean, this is one of them, like, North Dakota State quarterbacks that was just winning all the games and, like, you know, did not take the L. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he's got the confidence. He's We've seen some flashes of success with him in the league already. Um, and I think, like, he should be the starter. He should be week one starter. They should name that before him because Jimmy's not going to be able to throw till July. So he's going to miss OTAs, right, in, in the spring and everything. He's not going to be truly ready for training camp when that starts. So this is a guy, like while he knows the offense and he's already experienced with some of the guys like Debo and Kittle and all that, like, he's not going to have the reps, you know what I'm saying? Like, Trey Lance has been working out down in Southern California with, like, Nate Sudfeld, the other quarterback on that roster, and, like, a whole bunch of his teammates. He's been getting himself ready, you know what I'm saying? And he's ready to take the job and I believe he should go and earn it, of course, but it's his job for the tank and he should have that job by uh, season time. So, yeah, I mean, let me tell, but also, I mean, Jimmy's not, Jimmy's not just going to give
1: it up. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Because uh, I think also you can apply that. So, that Rodgers mentality of he'll figure it out with whatever wide receivers are on the field. I think you could apply that to Shanahan, too. And that Kyle Shanahan's offense is going to be successful. or going to be in positions to be successful regardless of who's at the quarterback. So, if, uh, if Lance can offer more versatility, offer just more of a skill set, uh, whatever, I think uh,
0: it'll do, obviously, it'll do the Niners a lot. A lot, a lot, more than having him having started. For sure. I mean, Kyle Shannon has got such a prolific offensive mind, so I don't think that it should be too hard at all. Yeah. So, well, you mentioned Pat Mahomes earlier, and as of today, Pat Mahomes won't be able to just take the ball on the first drive of the playoff yeah. game and go down the field and score and end the game. Because as of today, the NFL has approved a proposal where both teams now will be able to possess the ball. This is only playoffs, not regular season. But playoffs only, both teams will be allowed to have one, at least one possession uh, in overtime. So if you look at a game between the Bills and the Chiefs, which was arguably one of the, yeah. if not the best games of the playoffs this past year, like, how does how does that game look different? And, like, how do we look at things differently moving forward in the playoffs? Because, like, if Josh Allen touches that ball, like, and the way he was slinging it that night against yeah. the Chiefs defense, I mean, yeah. Gabriel Davis ran a route, And I forget who the Chiefs' corner was out there, but he put Bro on his ass and it looked like he got shot. And he wasn't even touched, right? But Allen slunk four touchdowns that night and he was killing it. And I believe if he got the chance again, he would have tied that game and it would have kept going. So, like, how would that have impacted that game, in your opinion? And, like, how can this impact the league moving forward? I mean, I think think in that game, definitely
1: uh – I think Allen had a lot of momentum on his side, and I don't know for sure if they would have tied it because I mean, the Chiefs' defense would have been playing one shot to end the game. They would have had a lot; it would motivate at the last drive. But I don't know; would have put the Bills in a great chance to prolong the game. I think going forward, it makes the game a lot, a lot more fair and that overtime period more competitive where being basically like you're not deciding a team's season based on a coin toss you know exactly you gotta the off so the offense and the defense both gotta contribute um to helping a team win an overtime game um and prolong their season so you're not you know you're not worried about which team has the better offense and which team gets the ball first it's like no which we're we're gonna see which team is more
0: complete and uh i guess which team get it done on both sides of the ball. Definitely. And I think it's one of those things where like we didn't realize we needed it like as a rule or it needed to be changed like until it actually happened. Yeah. You know, because like now moving forward, like if that's the situation and we're having another game like the Chiefs and the Bills had, like, you know, both teams should possess it, you know, because especially as a fan, you're enjoying like this this shootout between these two teams. Yeah. And now it's just over because one team won the coin toss. You know, yeah. like both teams should have a chance to be able to compete, especially in the playoffs when you're fighting for a championship and playoffs is one and done, you know? So I think it's a great rule change and um, I'm excited. I want to see some more overtime playoff games now so we can really see the rule in full effect and see how it impacts games. So yeah. no, I, mean, yeah, I think someone, I forgot who it was to phrase it to me well,
1: like right after that Chiefs-Bills game, they said that the overtime rule with both teams don't are like the possession. It's kind of like watching a baseball game where you go to the top of the 10th inning and the away team hits solo home run and the game's over, like, that's ridiculous. Like, both teams got to have their shot. So, exactly. I mean, it's a really good analogy. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. So I just think it's overall, it's fair. It's going to make for some exciting situations. So.
0: Well, we're getting ready to wrap it up here. Just want to kick it into fourth down real quick and talk a little bit of soccer. We, we don't talk a whole lot about soccer here on the show. We haven't before, but it's, it's something new. And, uh, man, Miles, I don't I don't watch a lot of it, but, man, Miles over here is, is interested in it. So uh, talk to me about what's going on with, with the national teams, man. Yeah, so uh, we got the uh, 2022 World Cup
1: this fall. And um, it's actually a season... Uh, Today, tomorrow, these next few days, uh, the, around the globe, the qualifying is being finalized. U.S. men's national team has a match on tomorrow night, I believe, tomorrow, Wednesday, tomorrow night, I think, um, against Costa Rica, in Costa Rica, and, I mean, clear, not global. Uh, barring anything crazy, unless they lose by six goals, I wanna say, they will, uh, they will advance, they will qualify, officially qualify, uh, which is exciting, because they haven't done that since 2014. They missed out in the last World Cup, unfortunately, but uh, I don't know. It's an exciting time. I mean, uh, the next couple of months, hopefully, some the uh, World Cup fever set in <laughs> on the set in on the country around the globe. I don't know. The World Cup is a it's awesome because it's incredibly unified it's an incredibly unifying event, and uh, seeing all these countries come together and the passion and the teamwork and honestly the skill too. It's on display play is awesome and obviously something, something we only get every four years. So. Uh, Hopefully the U.S. team getting to be a part of it is uh, it's really cool, and uh, we got the, uh, the actually the World Cup draw. So like the uh, the pool is going to be announced on Friday morning. So I don't know. We, we we might hopefully qualify and get put in a pretty bad group, in uh, which in which case it'd become pretty depressing. But at least for now, I mean things are looking up. Men's team should qualify, and uh, you know who knows? It's when they play the game, so and we can pull a couple upsets and see what happens in the fall
0: for so, sure man and i don't really pay attention to like you know major league soccer a whole lot with the mls um but i do remember like when the women's national team won like years ago when we, were, we were a lot younger and like went and, and won the title and like it was it was very like exhilarating and like really interesting to to watch and like excited to be a part of you know it's, it's nationality at that when you're talking about your country um and that women's team was was phenomenal you know um so good luck to the men's team and uh bring a title home as long as you get it, bring a title home and represent the country. Well, so, yeah, but that's, okay. that's going to do it for us here at third and forever on this episode, Miles, my man, again, appreciate you for joining me today, man. And uh, we will see you once again, this has been third and forever with Tyler Haskins. We'll catch you later. Peace. This has been third and forever starring Tyler Haskins.